Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app. Available now. This is betting. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. You start to have little questions in the back of your mind. I'm not going to lie to you, we are absolutely up the walls with interviews on the latest edition this Saturday the 5th of June. I'll be chatting to two Premier Managers, both with huge games this evening and tomorrow on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. But first, there was huge news from Waterford FC this week that owner Lee Power has stepped back from the club after over four years in charge. Property developer and childcare magnate Richard Forrest has taken over, immediately installing business consultant Mitchell Cowling as chairman. I was joined on the phone by operations manager Tony Burke to chat about the takeover and the Blues' new owner. Sportsbeat Extra with the Boyle Sports app. Available now. This is betting. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie. Uh, I think he's very... He's, uh comes across a very nice guy, very interested, very passionate about football. Um, <clears throat> he's done a bit of homework on the club. I, I, I was, I suppose, pleasantly surprised, if you like, that uh, he knows so much about us and our history. Um, mm. He hasn't kind of walked blindly into this, but he's a very enthusiastic type of chap, and I think he'd be very, very good for the club. Yeah. I, I, I do feel that uh, we do, you know, I personally, and I think that most of the fans will agree with me, we, we do owe a debt of gratitude for what he's done for us. As our listeners will know, Warford United, as it was at the time, spent a lot of time in the doldrums. Uh, not through the lack of effort for various chairmen. I mean, John Sullivan kept the, float, the club afloat for many, many a year um, and possibly doesn't get enough credit for that. But Lee came in, took it to a different level, made a few promises to us uh, for us to stay on and, and work with him, etc. And to be fair to the lad, he delivered on all of that. So I think, you know, to be fair to Richard... He has a hard act to follow, but I, I, I think he's up for the, the challenge. Can I ask you, Tony, because he did mention it himself in his uh, statement, Lee, that the, the UEFA decision back then to give Pats the, the European, the last European place instead of yourselves, it said it left a bitter taste in his mouth. And, you know, we talked previously about his kind of commitment we, at the end of 2019. We weren't sure whether he was going to be involved. And then he put out a statement to say that he was going to back it, but that he was calling on local businesses to kind of up their support. How, how much did that decision kind of impact on Lee's commitment to Waterford FC, um, that, that UEFA decision, do you think? I, I think it impacted dramatically, Kevin. Um, I, I'll give you a small instance. Uh, when... When it all fell, so we, as you know, we we we, we qualified for your listeners' benefit. We qualified for UEFA to uh, finish in the top four. Now our budget for that year and the following year was based on European com- uh, competition. We had penciled in figures. I was actually dealing with a company, a marketing company from London at the time, and uh, some of the figures that were being bandied about were quite impressive for the League of Ireland club, and we were delighted. And we did our budgets and we signed our players on the strength of that. Now, if you fast forward to the following April, we got a phone call. I remember getting a call from our secretary, um, maybe something like a Tuesday morning, midday, uh, to get a call to say that it was gone, that it had been taken from us. Now, what a lot of people didn't realise at the time was that up to St. Patrick's weekend, which I'm going back possibly mathematically maybe three weeks previous to that, we had got a call from uh, UEFA to know where did we want to play our home games and would we sign up for this, that and the other. So we were in the mix, definitely, up to Patrick's weekend. 
no communication came from anybody to say that it was going to slip by us. And we had got we had received clarity from the FBI. There was a question of his ownership of the club at the time. Uh, there was a rule that you had to be so many years in business, and we had got clarity, and that that was you know uh, could be overlooked because the FBI wants the FBI basically sanction you for the game. It was sorted. So I think all of that, and possibly, I hate to use the word lies, but certainly a lot of misconceptions were put out there that um, were taken from us, and it did affect the man very badly. You can appreciate that it affected his 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 cash flow and his finance and, and a lot of that sort of stuff. And then I think it was the actual the high that we were on and the high that everybody in this area was on uh, for the fact that European football was coming to this area was was a for that to be taken away was a, was a cruel blow to be honest about it. And it, it did affect him, yeah. It affected everybody here, but I think in fairness to him, he was at the cutting edge, so it would have affected him more. Hmm. And and I suppose it looked as there's no doubt that uh, Lee has lucky with it with the Swindon thing that's going on at the moment. Um, that's still yeah. in in court. That's that's had a big impact. Um, uh, that's taken up a lot of his time as much as anything else. But can I ask you, Tony? Is was it? Would you think it's the right time now for him to kind of pass things on because? We had Kevin Sheedy in, and there was a, this look. It was kind of one controversy after the other. The, cro- the club was just kind of rolling from news story to news story. We've had two doctors uh, leave the club two separate in two separate occasions. We've had a big kind of COVID outbreak or, or suspected COVID outbreak, which certainly has impacted things on the pitch. It seems like Mark now, uh, Mark Bertram, the new uh, manager taking over, has kind of provided a new kick. But do you think it's kind of the right time that Lee has kind of handed over the reins now at this point to Richard? Yeah, I, I, my personal take, and I, I think my colleagues here, we would all agree that, you know, without sounding too emotional about it, we're all very grateful for what Lee has done for the club over the years. Um, I certainly wish him well in his future. I do think it's the time to move on because I think if um, this is this is a business that you can get involved in for emotional reasons and all the rest of it, but it is a business at the end of the day. Um, there's possibly 35 wages going out of here on a Friday. So I, I don't think that you can be emotionally attached to something that you're not completely following from a business trend and I think if, if Lee has other distractions he has other successful businesses as well and it should be pointed out not just the Swindon affair but um, if other matters are taken up his concentration and his efforts well then I think it's the right time to move on I think having a new manager in with respect to John she- to Kevin Sheedy and Mike Newell uh, it didn't work out it's mm. it's no big secret it didn't work out um, things deteriorated uh, game wise and stuff I now think we have somebody who has a bit of vibrancy about him I think Mark is going to do a very very good job he certainly um, has improved a lot with the players there's there's a, a lot more vibrancy and a bit you know a bit more pep in their step going into training and stuff now I think that they know that he can do it and it's it's uh, it's up to the new chairman now to back him and support him and get him there. And, and I think, you know, moving this new man Richard coming in with his um, interest in the club, I think he's going to help Mark a lot. So I, I think the timing is right. I, I did say on a previous interview that the timing surprised me, but in retrospect, looking at it, it's it's right. You know, mm. it's right. It's right for both parties. Uh, can I ask you as well, um, Tony? And look, feel free to bounce this back at me if you want. Um, but still on the operation side of things, like look, there's no secret. The current um, communications manager has been putting stuff out about another member of the staff that you know, and there seems to be kind of a lot of infighting there. It looks like from the outside, anyway. And it would be remiss of me not to ask you this question about, like, where will things stand now with 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 who's 
taking on the club on a day-to-day running uh, under the, 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 the ownership of Richard Forrest? Well, it's, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I can't say that I'm happy no more than anybody else is happy that uh, Dorothy Hennon has been aired in public. That's, mm. that's my own personal feeling at this hour of my life is that it's never a good idea. Um, I think it makes things more difficult to solve issues when it's uh, in the public domain. Um, that's a personal opinion more so than a club opinion. Mm. So we, we'll address that. Um, as for the issue with, with, with people staying, I, I think that Richard's plan is that he's putting Mitchell in as chairman. Uh, Richard intends on spending a bit of time in, our, in Watford. Uh, he's going to be over here more than Lee was able to be here. Uh, Mitchell will be a point of contact as a, as an acting chairman. He, or sorry, as a chairman, he will be acting for Richard. The my own particular boss, a lady called Karen Wildbore, uh, was based in the UK. Karen is transferring over to the new owners, and she's going to continue. So at the moment, the plan is that there's no change in any respect from any uh, officer of the club. Uh, however, with a new man coming in, I, I would expect that there will be some changes, but there's nothing. There's, it's early days yet. Mm. Uh, I think, to be fair to this guy, he wants to get the handover done, see where he's at, come and speak to us all. I'll show him what I can show him about the business and... Look, he'll have to make decisions for himself at the end of the day. He's the employer, you know? Yeah, 100%. And as you say, early doors yet. Very hard to tell um, straight away what what will happen. Um, Richard said, look, in his statement, he said, it, uh, Waterford FC is a sleeping giant that has kind of instantly won his heart. And as you said... Um, <laughs> He was kind of walked into it uh, through a, several advisors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But can, can you can I ask you, Tony? Kind of what is it? Just from your meetings with him thus far, and it's very hard to tell yet. But what are the main motivations? Because with Lee, it was very clear he he made very clear of his his connection to Waterford. But Richard doesn't seem to have an immediate connection to to Waterford or to Irish football. So I suppose, what do you think his motivations are in terms of taking over the club? I think, I think, interestingly enough, um, there has been a couple of interested parties. I mean, if uh, I, I mentioned John Sullivan, the former chairman there a while ago. Um, John had a project running a couple of years ago where there was a Chinese investment group looking at Waterford. Subsequent to that, Lee became interested in Waterford. Lee was put on, Lee was advised and put on to Waterford uh, by a friend of the clubs, basically, and uh, had negotiations with John and bought the club from him. Now, after that, there's been one or two people who have been shown interest in buying the club. There are only 10 premier clubs in Ireland. Uh, if you look at it, at the moment, things are not going well. And, and after the COVID times we've had, uh, I, I doubt that too many businesses are going well. So to have somebody who's been interested, we, 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 as I said, we've had a couple of suitors who've come along and had a look at it. There is a business plan where it can make money. Um, I would say that Richard is he has been advised that this is a club that has room to grow for him so I think that's from the cold light of business that's an interesting point for him and then I think as top of that end the lad is a passionate football fan Mm. and wants to be involved and this is probably unlike certain other clubs you you know you take a club that's community owned or you take a club that's fan owned or whatever it's probably difficult for somebody like Richard to come in and buy it out and you know stamp his stamp on it Whereas this is a commercially driven club uh, to a degree. I mean, we're very close to our fans, but it is a commercially driven club, uh, like a lot more in the league. So I suppose that there, there's more of a business opportunity here, perhaps, uh, that he has identified. I would think that's his thing, plus his passion in football. 
Just finally, um, you're speaking about young players and um, obviously Richard's own son, George, plays. Um, he was playing in League Two back in 2019. He's kind of been around the, the National League, uh, National League South. He was at Braintree Town last. Um, he's been linked with the club. But like, Has there been any kind of word as to whether that might be a potential signing that Richard will, will get his uh, his young fella in and, and, and playing at Waterford? Because he has played at a reasonably high level, it's fair to say. Yeah, I think there'll be there'll be. Um, Richard has trained with the first team uh, on a previous visit to, to Waterford here, so I, I think yes, there will there will be an opportunity for the lad to play and show show himself and show his skills here. I'd like to see that. That'll be good. If I, if I could say it to you, Kevin, I, and I would like your listeners to just know that there has, you know, you're right in what you say. There's been a lot of negativity about the club, and unfortunately, the COVID thing has has hampered a lot of stuff for us, you know, over the last what fifteen, eighteen months. But I think I would say to your listeners, look, there's a lot of stuff out there that's been put out, negative comments put out by people with their own agendas. I'd like the people to make their own mind up and just give us a chance to get back on our feet here and, and, and uh, come and see the club and, and come and see that they enjoy it on Friday night. Please God, when we can have people in. Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app. Available now. This is betting. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie. So I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by uh, Tipperary Camogie Manager Bill Blaney. Bill, thanks a million for uh, for joining us. Um, tomorrow's uh, a big game for you against uh, Offaly, of course, um, in the uh, the quarterfinals. And look, I suppose um, it's been uh, a reasonably good season thus far. Look, any time you get into the, the, the latter stages of the, of the league, it, it's a good start. A, a very, very strong win over Waterford uh, in Clamel uh, last week or two weeks ago. Um, I'm looking at my dates here, yeah, last uh, two weeks ago. So I suppose, look, tell us a little bit about um, the season thus far. And um, I suppose it's a tough start he had against uh, away to Cork to begin with. Yeah, if you look, uh, when the groups were drawn, we were just delighted to be back, you know, uh, mm. like every uh, manager or team, we just want to get out and play. Uh, when we saw the draw for the for the, for the the league, like we knew it was going to be tough. I mean, Cork and Waterford have always been, uh, you know, difficult challenges for us. Like, uh, we didn't play great against Cork now with the opening match at Park and Creed, but we finished really well. Uh, we were a bit rusty, I thought, but we got going, you know, and I was happy at the end. Uh, with the finishing performance, you know, and I think then against Waterford, we brought that into the match against Waterford, and I thought we played really well against them, you know, uh, executed well, every player and panel, uh, member of the panel that contributed, like, you know, it was, um, it was a good uh, team panel performance. So, like, you know, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was, we were very happy with it, like, uh, overall, uh, coming out, uh, the way we finished, we played a couple of challenges as well, and uh, like, we're happy with them. And, um, you know, but like, I mean, it, it, it'll be an eye-opener against Offaly. Like, I mean, it's um, Offaly ball has been very difficult opposition for, for us in Camogie and Tipperary. Uh, you know, um, um, they're a difficult team, they're a physical team. You know, they don't fear us, number one. Uh, and, um, and you know, they'll really, um, hopefully we'll have a good ding-dong battle tomorrow, you know, and hopefully we get the result to come out the right side, you know. Yeah, and look, there isn't a huge amount between a lot of the teams there. And I think that's quite a way I was so surprised how... Like two sixteen to eleven points, he beat Waterford, and that's not a bad Waterford side at all. Have put it up to a lot of, uh, you know, the Kilkenny's and Corks previously. Um, were you kind of surprised by the by the uh, by the margin of victory on the day? Um, because I, I looked personally, I, I thought it was going to be, I, I thought it was going to be a close ding dong battle between you, but you seemed to pull away, particularly in the second half. 
Yeah, look, I mean, like, look, when we meet any team, like, uh, we, we, we give them, like, a ton of respect because, as you say ourselves, like, you know, there isn't a huge gap between any of the teams in the Camogie. Anybody could beat anybody on any given day. But, yeah, look, we got off to a great start against um, against Waterford and we just kept that momentum going, you know. Don't forget that Waterford had no match either. We had won, so um, 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 we had to keep the pressure on and keep going because... <laughs> if a team got going, like um, they could, they could have clawed their way back into it, you know. Mm. Um, and I mean, like Waterford over the last two years, we seem to have met every year for the last two or three years. Like we've had great, great battles, great matches. I mean, there's some great players in Rocket and Carton, you know. So I mean, every team in the in the Camogie deserves to be respected because you know they're all going, we're all going out to win, you know. The the reward for winning games isn't just. To being able to play in semi-finals finals, but it's just being able to play more games given the fact that you know all the teams are so severely undercooked every single game is is really so precious isn't it in terms of trying to prepare yourself for championship absolutely I mean like if you look you know yourself I mean uh, matches bring, te- bring bring teams on by weeks you know like a match is worth whatever X number of sessions is, is a kind of a cliche that, that's used as well but every team like given the, that we didn't know where we were like teams have done a lot of work maybe but you didn't know where, you, where your match sharpness was so obviously like you know you have a, a dual purpose here you're trying to prepare for the championship but you're also come to it a business end of another competition so there's a kind of a double bonus like you know the longer you stay going the more matches you're getting the sharper you get know what you have in your panel know what players you have and um, and also then you're, you're you're trying to get to a out of a quarter into a semi and into a final of the league as well you know so I mean it's it, it, as I say it's a double bonus like um, I know players are playing and you want to keep playing and get ready for the championship you know Mm, absolutely, and I, I suppose look, um, Bill. The other, the other look positive that we have coming down the line is people being allowed back into grounds as well. And um, look, I've, I suppose I've asked kind of people in several sports the same question, but I still think it's it's relevant um, about you know uh, what are what are teams or what do you what do, what do you have envisaged in terms of trying to get players used to playing in front of crowds again? Because players had to get used to playing in front of empty grounds and now that's kind of the normal so trying to go back to play in front of fans where there's a bit of chirping on the line probably a little bit more pressure how are players kind of yeah. gearing themselves up for that? I, 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 you know it, 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 I haven't been asked that and uh, it's kind of, kind of an, an interesting question I, I haven't really given it a lot of conscious thought because uh, um, how you would prepare for that I, I don't know When you, you can't practice with a crowd uh, you can't practice you know you, you, we're just playing and training um, with, without it obviously without them obviously so it's going to be a new experience again because it's been a whole year without uh, without having anybody like you know shouting or roaring or cheering or, or uh, getting involved um, um, making yourself heard getting the messages in, 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 into the field or off the field as well so I think I think it's like it's going to be um, a sharp relearning again. Like you know, I, I I'm not sure of how much you can prepare for it, other than maybe create a bit of noise in the stand, in the stand or a training or something like that. But um, I, I look, I think like that the the like most of the players that are involved are used to playing at some level in front of crowds, be it club or or or, or, or county. Um, and I mean, I think after one maybe two games, they're probably well adjusted again to it and just and just used to it. You know, yeah. uh, obviously the nerves will ratchet up a bit. But I mean, you know, you have to be nervous for these games in. In some way, once we're managing and controlling them, like, uh, but I mean, like that's 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 the added um, uh, added spice, like uh, getting ready for a game and playing in the championship match, you know, like managing your nerves, managing your expectations, and and, and trying to go out and perform, you know. 
Brilliant, Bill. Um, look, best of luck to your uh, charges tomorrow. You're up against Offaly. That's uh, thrown in a half two in Callan. Um, and ho- look, I'm looking forward to the day when we can announce times and dates and be telling people go. Um, as opposed yeah. to telling people stay away. But look, the very best here. Uh, it's only a couple of weeks away. You know? Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. And uh, and it won't be long before we're kind of back to regular numbers. I think, um, which will be fantastic. Um, yeah. Look, Bill, thanks a million for joining us. Very best of luck tomorrow. And uh, looking forward to speaking to you. Um, I suppose ahead of the that championship later on the summer okay thanks very much bye sports beat extra with the boil sports app available now this is betting 18 plus gambling care.ie so i'm joined on the phone by uh, tipperary's ladies football manager declan carr and um, declan we had you on uh, reacting uh, to your um alliance national football league game against waterford uh, a few weeks ago it's great to actually have you on the show properly now um game this evening against dublin uh, like Look, four-time All-Ireland champions, 100% thus far in the group, and you guys need a win to uh, to avoid that relegation playoff. Probably not kind of the ideal situation you probably would have wanted going into the season. Uh, no, not, absolutely not, uh, Kevin. You know, we're, we're, we're facing into the, the lion's den, really. You know, even though it's on in Thurles, it's, it's going to suit Dublin, you know, big, wide-open pitch. A uh, very settled team, you know, and and lots of experience behind them. Um, but again, it's it's I suppose it's realistically it's part of our learning curve, and and you know we'll we'll gain some insights from tonight, some more insights. You know, you know our results haven't been good to date. Uh, we've seen patches, um, to be honest with you, we have, and uh, we've seen some bright lights. You know, in in some dark patches passages of play, we have seen some certainly bright lights, but. Uh, tonight will be a tough encounter for us. It'll be it'll be a, a good performance. You know, is really what we're hoping for in terms of fighting, in terms of you know staying at the task and and you know becoming a little bit slicker. So we'll we'll take it for what it is. We'll we'll give it a lash and we'll 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 do our very best. And as the girls, to be fair, always do. Um, and and hopefully at the end of it, we'll we'll have a good performance and we'll take away some 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 insights, as I say. So mm. look. It is what it is, and and we'll give it a lash. It is a bit of a misnomer, though, isn't it? Like this, like you know, you say relegation playoff, and it sounds like you've had an awful season. When in actual fact, you know, you're in a group with with two of the sides that played in last year's All Ireland final, and uh, a very good Waterford outfit as well. Who I think probably, I think a lot of people probably would have put the two of you down as probably the most likely to be kind of scrapping for that relegation playoff truth be told um, so really like you're only two games in and yet now you're kind of almost already defending the season when in actual fact your season hasn't really got going so is it kind of frustrating I don't know if frustrating is the right word but when you've such a sh- small group and you've so few games in which to try and break out it does kind of uh, you know kind of ramp up each individual game doesn't it well, it it does give, it, I, and and I certainly don't want to come across as as because one thing we've we've all committed to doing within within the team and the group is is no excuses. So mm. I and so in answering your question, I don't want to appear that there's an excuse there. But time time was always going to be our enemy uh, in terms of getting together, getting to know each other, finding a few new players, and trying then to... It, w- it was nearly like cramming for an exam for the leave insert in in terms of we wanted to address lots of little things. And as I'm, I'm on record as saying, there was nothing ever broken, but there was improvements made, in, in especially to play at the level, as you've alluded to there, you know, mm-hmm. the Dublin, the Corks. 
and Waterford, a very impressive in Clamell last week. So we, we needed, you know, small improvements in, in different departments. And, and probably, you know, when you look at it, you have to ask yourself the question, do you, you know, do you press on on one or two things or do you try and do get little games everywhere? Um, and that that was always going to be the case, and I was always aware, given that time was going to be the enemy. And look, we're 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 two games into the season. We have had four months of training in isolation, you know, and in in the individual. So we're only together a short period of time. So it's a case of taking it for what it is, and and you know we will move on with the league, and and if so be it, if we're in that relegation, and we 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 will attack that game in the same fashion, get more, you know, learnings from it and build, you know. So mm. we're, we're building for the future. Um, you know, we're not going to get down on ourselves because, you know, we played two of the top teams in the country and, and I have to put Watford in there too, to be honest. Um, and, you know, as I said, we've seen patches of decency and then we've seen stuff where we need to improve. It is what it is. And, and again, we won't be for the one to try and later on. So mm. our season really, you know, is only getting underway. Um, we have to get to some club games and watch some other players playing and see what's out there in in in, in the county in general, um, and and what will be the difference is the strength of our squad in depth and and can we find more to add to the thirty very committed girls that are there already to create that you know intensity and that that competition for places I, I suspect we will but it's going to take a little bit of time and patience isn't always the. I suppose it, it's not always gifted here, you know, mm. in terms of the public are, 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 you know, and rightfully so, they're looking for improvements and they're looking to be in the limelight. But but Dublin, I suspect, and Cork have done massive work over the last four, five, six, seven years and, and no, no different than TIP, albeit at a different level. So we have a bit to go and our season is only starting, so we'll, we'll, we'll just take it for what it is and, and keep going. Mm, massively and, and and look Declan Dublin is the next one to, tonight this evening uh, half six um, now hopefully the Dubs aren't listening in to beat on the way down the road uh, we're out of their range as far as I know so you should be safe enough uh, in terms of telling us like what are the keys to kind of beating this Dublin team how do you how do you go about kind of is it is it a case of just trying to put them off their stride? Is it a case of trying to get stuck in a little bit more, make them feel a little bit more uncomfortable that they're away from home? Or have you identified any trends over the last? I mean, it's difficult to find, but anything you might find a little chink in their armor that you might be able to exploit. Well, well, what strikes me, Kevin, is as you know, opposed to other teams, Dublin have a sense of physicality about them that they've built up over a couple of years, and and I don't suspect trying to match that toe to toe. Uh, would would suit uh, certainly we would have talked about this where is, is the, the constant movement of the ball you know to not allow them get that chance to you know go one on one or get 50-50 with you now this all between you and me talking it sounds really simple but hard enough to put into effect and you need a, an incredible level of fitness to do that um, the other thing I, I would say is when for us to to move to that level to put Dublin is not to give the give away the football as many times as we've been giving it away in games, um, and and that for me is our biggest opportunity for improvement. Uh, like Dublin can't hurt us too badly if we have the football. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only when you give it up, you know, and I won't say easily, but give it up kind of 
under circumstances where you, you should have maintained possession that they're really, really good on the counter-attack. So we're conscious of that, of, of trying to hold the ball and certainly not allow ourselves to get into that physical battle that we kind of keep movement and keep runners all the time. Now, it's a, and I'll go back to the first half against Cork. It's a high intensity and it's a big ask. Um, and again, probably not tying in with preparations in terms of collective training only started a few weeks ago. But certainly the girls have done a savage amount of work on their own. So they have a base fitness in there. So for, for us to be competitive with Dublin tonight, I think we just have, sounds really silly, but keep the ball away from them and keep it as long as we can in our possession. And you you say about how, how that relies on fitness. And I, I was interested to ask you about kind of the impact that, look, Orla O'Dwyer going over, Ashling's I know she hasn't, she hasn't quite returned, but you know, the, the kind of influence of that those girls coming over to those professional setups and then bringing that back into into the county setup, and um, particularly when it comes to fitness, because having played Aussie rules myself, there's a savage savage amount of fitness needed. You are just non-stop running from buzzer to buzzer. So, um, how much has their influence kind of impacted on the side, and how much of a help has their experience in Australia been in terms of of, of them acting as leaders in the dressing room and, and pushing the group on? Good point to make, but unfortunately, we 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 have yet to to reap the benefit of that. I think what has happened, to be fair, it has given the team and the panel a tremendous lift, lift to show that two of our players can go over and be uh, as as successful as they've been. They haven't fully returned to us. All is is still isolating, so mm. we would have her hope to have her back next Tuesday night, and then take on the bits that you're saying and and and. Let the, let the rest of the players hear from her lips. You know, kind of the real, real commitment that's required. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting they're not committed, but that level of intensity that they're they're undertaking already um, over in Australia. So, to answer your question in short, we we haven't seen the benefit yet, but I suspect it'll be massive when when we get there. Mm, Ashling is a couple of weeks behind her, so so it, it's going to be. We're waiting for another few weeks for her, but certainly we'll have the benefit of all the next week. Um, Declan, look, thanks a million for joining us on Sportsbeat Extra. Um, we're looking forward to chatting to you later on in the summer. Hopefully, um, look, everything goes well in the next couple of weeks, and we still have two Southeast teams in the National Football League Division One next year. Um, and uh, the very, very best of luck against the Dubs this evening. I know that a lot of people will be looking on. Um, very interested to see that kind of development that you've seen in tip and uh, who knows um, if everything goes right on the night uh, you might find yourself facing a lot more media tomorrow morning well please God anyway and thanks for your support Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app available now this is betting 18 plus gamblingcare.ie that's all from this week's Sports Beat Extra you can listen back to this and every other episode by visiting beat102103.com forward slash podcast but up next is Trish with Beat Anthems